Um, so we're going to do this. The name of this message, which I don't normally title my message, the name of this message is called Jerry Maguire is a Liar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> show me the money. I'm going to jump right in, guys. I'm going to show you a story that sets the whole thing up. We're just going to do this thing. So you all know King Saul, right? The first king over Israel. A little side note, Bri, as you guys know, it's double Bri. Sorry, <laughs> there's two Bri's. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, what you might miss in that story is the Israelites get together and they ask the prophet. Because see, nowadays we all can have the Holy Spirit inside of us. You can hear from God just like anybody else. Billy Graham, yep, me, mm-hmm, yep. You guys can hear from God, right? Back then, it was specific individuals chose to, chosen to represent God. So the people, the society, the community, this might sound a little familiar, but they go to the prophet of God and say, give us a human king. We want to be like the Amalekites, the Amorites, the Babelbajites, I don't know, you know, and we want to have a king. And remember what God says? Samuel goes, are you being serious right now? You, you can't be serious. You don't want a king, right? Right? And they're like, no, we want a king. And what, you remember when I showed you this eight months ago? God says, don't worry, Samuel. They haven't rejected you. They've rejected me. God wanted to be their king. Instead, they said no. So what do they get? They get the tall and handsome guy named Saul. Tall and handsome because the rest of the world will tell you that's your value and they'll tell you that, right? But here's the problem. Saul had, had, had his own little issues and stuff. And at one point, God says to, God says to Saul, through, through Samuel, says, take Israel's army, my army, and go completely destroy the Amalekites. I mean, their, their goats, their cattle, yes, the women, the children, the whole nine, annihilate them. What did I say last week? Some of you weren't here, but that's why we podcast. I said, if you see a story in the Bible that doesn't look like God, it doesn't look like Jesus, you don't understand it. And I'm not going to give you an out today. I'm not going to give you a big excuse about this. We're talking about genocide. Don't skip past it and don't, don't not bring it. Oh, geez. No, that's a part of what God said and did. He did this, right, Marie? So we say, that doesn't look like you, Lord Jesus. I'm not going to run from that and I'm not going to let it deter how I feel about you. I want to know the real you, right? So I'm telling you a hard story. Can I tell you something, though, guys? Denise, this is one of those that you would, as a preacher, you're tempted to not tell because it's not popular. But it's part of who God is. He did this. I don't need to apologize for him. So long story short, let's look at the two slides from Samuel. Um, yeah. I'm the one the, the Lord sent to anoint you king over people. Listen to the message from the Lord. Do, this is what the Lord Almighty says. I'll punish the Amalekites. Why? For what they did to my kids when they waylaid them as they came up from Egypt. Egypt. Now go and attack the Amalekites and totally destroy everything that belongs to them. Don't spare them. Put to death men and women, children, and even infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. But Saul and the army, I skipped ahead a little bit just so you know, but Saul and the army spared the king, Agag, and the best of his sheep and cattle, the fat calves, the lamb, everything that was good. These they were unwilling to destroy completely, but everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. All right, pause right there. They gave you the reason why. He gave you one reason why. And I want you to think like a parent for a second. Again, I'm not defending God. I'm just saying there is a reason in here. While the Egyptians are walking out, okay, of Egypt, the Amalekites, and, and Jewish history tells us this too, were walking behind them and picking off the sick, the weak, the, the young, and basically annihilating them from the back was what was happening. They were, they were, they were, and God says, guess what? I see that. And those are my kids. And so vengeance is whose? Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, right? And let me tell you something, man. You mess with my kids, there's going to be blood. That's how I get down, okay? You don't have to like that. I'm supposed to protect them. But I also want to give you a theory that you can go research. 
You know I love Weird Town. If you don't think I love Weird Town, go back to Noah's Ark hour and a half seminar where we're seeing naughty angels doing weird stuff with humans and creating this other race. Weird. I didn't say it. The Bible does. But I want to teach you something about the Amalekites. B plus <laughs> is this. The Amalekites, if you could do some research, who are the sons and daughters of Amalek? Well, the sons. You're going to find theories out there from good conservative scholars that will tell you that the Amalekites, the sons of Amalek, were people a lot like Goliath. Well, what, what do we remember about Goliath? He was a he wasn't just a big dude. He was a Nephilim. I didn't say it. That comes out of the Bible. Nephilim. When the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were pleasing and they took them to themselves. I'm not going to give you the answer today. What I like to do is give you stuff to Google throughout the week. The sons of Amalek may just have been and notoriously are called these giants. What do you do when you've got, okay, medical people. What do you do when you've got an outbreak of something? Quarantine. Annihilate the whole thing. I like sci-fi movies. If the alien gets loose, what? Burn the room, right? <laughs> I don't particularly like them, but right, Eric? So what if these Amalekites, guys, what if this isn't just big angry God who's wiping out kids and babies and stuff? What if we're talking about a race of people who weren't fully human? I'm not giving them excuses. If this isn't true, it's not true. Go do the research. I spent 35 minutes on it, and I was like, stop it. That's not my point, because we're going to talk about practical stuff today. I swear to you, I ended up down some rabbit holes, Eric. Don't believe everything you read, but read. Read, learn, grow. Your faith is yours, not mine to feed you. So wouldn't it look a lot more like Jesus to protect his children from people that weren't fully human and from, from weird darkness? Let me give you one more thing. One more thing. When it seems that there's mischief in the celestial realm, follow me on this one. God himself usually takes care of the problem. Okay, in other words, did he ask anybody else to flood the earth? Who, uh, who destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah? When it's a celestial or spiritual issue, God spiritually takes care of it, it seems. When it's a flesh and human issue, he tells us to go take care of it. Track that down. Okay, that's it. Done, moving on. I just want to tell you that, okay? I wasn't going to do this. There's always layers in the Bible, you guys. Layers. Last week we talked about Job. Was he just God's A-plus man that could take it and so God served him up to the devil? Hmm, that's not what we actually discovered, is it? We discovered a certain bit of, I don't want to tell you because you can go watch the podcast and discover it. So here we go, guys. Here we go, here we go. Uh, look up Amalek, yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. Let's talk about why Saul did what he did. Let's go to the next page, please. Are we back on track now? Yes, we are. Then Saul said to Samuel, he admits, I said, I've sinned. I violated the Lord's command and your instructions. I was afraid of the people, so I gave in to them. Why'd you do that, Saul? Dude, why did you deliberately disobey the Lord your God? You've seen him do all this, well, why? I was afraid of the people. Not physically, of course, he was the king. He feared what they thought of him. And you know what I deduced from that? Saul was looking for something he felt he needed, guys. He was trying to get something in this situation, and it cost him something. And he had the kingdom ripped away. So my main thought today has nothing to do with giants or genocide. <laughs> my main thought is this. I'm going to give you some advice today. Don't try to get from anyone or anything what you can only get from God. It's going to get hard, though. It's going to get hard. It is, because God is going to set some of us free. In this case, Saul wanted approval, accolades, validation, etc. But we cannot get from anyone or anything what we can only get from God. And when we try to do this, everything blows up. Marriages blow up. Relationships with your children blow up. It all blows up when you go to something that only God can give you and try to look for someone else. This is the root of a lot of relational problems, guys. So destructive. 
There are major things that we can only get from God, and if we look to others for them, it leads to resentment, anger, frustration, and absolutely division, you guys. This is big, so let's chip away. Let's talk about who you are. I don't know about you. Well, no, I know this. That's one of the greatest questions human beings always have inside of us. Who am I? Right? And so we look to our parents and we say, well, I'm kind of dad. I'm kind of mom. Right, guys? We look around us. Some of us who, you know, if you, if you come from harder situations, it's harder to answer that question. Who am I? Who am I not? And all this sort of stuff. We can't get that answer from another person or anything that we do. We can't do that, guys. You can't get the answer of who you are from what you have. You can only get that answer. It can only be revealed by the one who made you who you are. This sounds pithy, but I'm taking it easy on you because we're going to arrive at a really tough conclusion today, okay? So take it all in. We'll get there together. Okay. In a world of shifting sands, this is the only solid ground we can stand on. No one else is qualified or able to tell you or reveal to you who you are besides the one who made you who you are. In other words, who, who, who am I? Okay. There's only one thing that's literally going to last forever. Now, I want you to follow me on this. Again, because we're slowly going to get there. I, I'm going to talk about me for a second. My name's AJ. It's actually Anthony Joseph. Some of you have wondered, what's your real name? So I've been telling you. Really? Bill came up to me and said, what's your, what's your actual name? So my name is Anthony Joseph Daniels. Um, so not that that's important, but here's what I want to say. I want to say, I'm a guy. I'm a dude. I'm a father. I'm a son. I'm a friend. I'm a pastor. I'm a husband. I'm an American. I'm physically capable. I'm able-bodied. Now, what happens, guys, if any of those things are who I am? Because they're all true, right? And they're even good things. Just listen to me on this one. What happens if that's who I am, those things? What happens when those things change? What happens, guys? Um, I'm a son. What happens if I lose my parents? Do I lose that part of me and my identity? Because I've been there when we buried my father on a Tuesday morning when we, when we found that he had passed. If my identity was exclusively or really tied to the fact that I am this man's son, when he passes, who am I? Do you understand what I'm saying? Now you're going to see why we're spending the time today and why God's going to do this. What about this? What about this? What about this? I'm a husband. What about if my wife loses her mind and leaves me? <laughs> that came out weird. <laughs> she would have to be crazy, though. Is she in here? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, though, guys? That's the thing. You sit in that office, and some people go, you know, who am I now, right? Guys, some of us have been here. The divorce papers come and you go, who am I now? Or the kids leave and the last one leaves and you go, I've just, I've been a mom all these years. Well, there's some head nods. Nobody and nothing in your life can tell you who you are. And if you're not careful for living life kind of just willy-nilly, this will happen. I'm a college kid. Oops, there's graduation. What do I do now? Or even the false stuff that some people put on themselves. I'm an addictive person. I'm a this, I'm a that, guys, right? And we start to tangle our identity around them. You can't go to anything else what only God can give you. And when you do that, it's just destruction, absolute destruction. How about this? I'm successful. This happens all the time, right? I'm successful right now. I'm a success. And then the bottom falls out. The economy changes. Or in my, in my story, when we owned a Christian bookstore for a while, Books kind of went by the wayside. Nobody started doing Kindles and all that, right? That wasn't even anything to do with us or the best business practice. Barnes & Noble went under, right? I mean, what do I do if I say I'm a successful business owner? That's who I am, who I am. And all of a sudden, one day I'm not that anymore. Saul says he lives his life out of this need to be loved. And God goes, listen, man, I'm the one who told you who you are. You don't need to fear their opinion of you. Me, me. Don't go to them for what you need. Able-bodied. 
I'm athletic. I'm able-bodied. What happens if something happens? A car accident or something. You guys deal with this in the medical field. People go, who am I? I was an Olympic great athlete, but now I'm nothing. Bro, what are we talking about? R Ronda Rousey lost her fight and con contemplated suicide. You ever hear about that? I'm the greatest female MMA fighter in the world. Loses it and goes, who am I now? And I was like, whoa, that was where your identity was, honey? Ooh, that's really dangerous, man. But again, it can be subtle. I'm a dad. Guys, I'm a stay-at-home dad. That would be a real easy thing to start. That's who I am. Because day after day after day after day, that's who I am. Well, what happens if all of a sudden that's not there anymore? I'll end up in a pit of confusion and, and going to something else, right? On to the next thing. God is going to set us free from this today because I have a feeling we all kind of do this in different areas. And so why do we so desperately need this? Okay. All right, ready? This is where it's going to get hard. What happens when all these things we talk about goes away? But I want to say, why do we so desperately need these things from our spouses and family members as well? Here we go. Ready? Why does what they say or don't say destroy us? See why we're doing this today? Here's what I'm trying to say. I'm going to get real personal today. Um, I obviously don't talk badly about my family members, I don't believe. Um, I'm really honest with you guys, which leaves me quite vulnerable, but I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to tell you in my life, this is how this has worked out. I am a very vocal person, obviously. Hello, and go figure, I get in this job. God knew what he was doing. I married a woman who is not a very verbal person. She's quiet. And I love that about her. I do. I love that she's classy and, and quiet. She doesn't have a lot of things to say. I'll say it. I'll say all the words. And, and, and she, you know what I'm saying? But on the flip side of that, listen, every, good, every personality trait has a good and bad, guys. If a person's reserved and quiet, it means they're self-controlled. Okay? Get it? If, if, if you're a leader, they'll call you opinionated, but you've got opinions, right? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, oh, I want to I teach that out, but I can't right now. Um, so here's the thing. This is, this is what I'm getting at. My wife is quiet, and it's just a fact compared to me. But for years, we've been married 10 years now, actually this August, um, I used to just like hammer on her and say like, why, can't, why don't you say this? Why don't you tell me about this? Why don't you tell me that? Why don't you say this, that I'm attractive, that I'm strong, that I'm a leader of our family or whatever it is, and I used to do that. And uh, it doesn't come naturally to her, guys. And I'm gonna tell you something I, you're not gonna like, just like I didn't. Whenever I would bring this to God and say, why isn't she, why isn't she, why isn't she? Hang on my every word, please, guys. This is going to help you, keep you from being in my office, I promise. Why isn't she this, God? Why isn't she that, blah, 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 blah. Whenever I did this, talk to people in my life that I trust or go to God, God would say this to me. Yeah, continue to pray for her. We should all break through our limitations and learn to meet needs. But he would spend the most time saying this. Why do you need her to validate you, AJ? Why? Why do you need her to say these things? This is very, going to be a very unpopular message today. It was unpopular to me. I'd say, she needs to step up in this and this and this. And he's going, but why do you need that? You don't know you're attractive and strong and the leader of your household? Well, I, hmm. <laughs> you ever have God just shut your mouth real quick? Doesn't he do that? Doesn't he do that? And I'm going, no, but she needs to change and step up. And guys, you do. I did six weeks of a man series this week trying to help men to raise, come up higher and be the husbands and fathers we need to be because we don't know how to be it. Society doesn't teach us, guys. It's, right? I mean, what is it? Die hard? Is that a man? What's a man? So six weeks we talked about that. Come up and meet needs. But on the converse, as the other person who's sitting there going, she needs to step up and she's not this and she's not that, he's going, why do you need all that? Do you think that's in balance, AJ? Because Jerry Maguire is a liar. Nobody completes you. Do you understand what I'm saying? You complete me. And God's going, whoa, hey, hey, Saul. I complete you. 
We good? Would you like me to finish this thought, you guys? Because I, ha- I think it's really going to help. I'll tell you one thing. It really saved my marriage and helped us be happy. It did. It helped us meet in the middle. So, uh, God has spent a lot of time laying that out for me. It's clear who I am in the Bible, in meditations, in my worship of him. I want to tell you who, who I am. I'm loved. I'm dearly and fiercely accepted by him. We know that. God thinks I'm funny. He thinks I'm smart. He thinks I'm entertaining. He thinks I'm handsome. <laughs> and honestly, isn't it dangerous to go to someone or something else for what only God can give? Let me show you a picture. I'll go a little deeper to my story here. Oh, you know what? No, I'm sorry, dude. On the, uh, sorry, Brian. On the desktop, it's the cavern picture and slide it over. I'm going to show you a picture of me at the pinnacle of my career as a musician. Um, and then we're going to look at the eight-year-old with Botox. <laughs> oh. So as you guys know or may not know, I pursued music as a f- full-time career for over 10 years. Um, and the peak of the career came on one of our English tours. I went to England, what did I say, mom, like four times or so? I don't know. But anyway, so I really thought I was going to make a living as a, as, as a musician. That's what I was going to do. And um, this is the pinnacle of the career. This is me playing the Cavern Club where the Beatles became famous. Click just somewhere on the picture, right? That's where the Beatles became famous. You'll see the Beatles in the back. There's me, Steve, Ian, and Davey in the back. And we're, we're headlining the Cavern Club, guys. And things are going really, really good. But can I tell you what I'm doing? I told you this before, some of you. I'm looking for who am I. I didn't play music because I love it. Because once I stop playing music, I don't play it at all anymore. I play here and that's it. I didn't do it for the love of music. I did it to be somebody, to get from the crowd what I could only get from God, acceptance and love and all that. And you wonder why musicians and actors and actresses are so up and down and depressed and their lives and marriages are always in shambles. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you're, that's just my story. Am I good enough is what I'm asking the crowd right now. Am I good enough? You know, can, can I be loved? Who am I? is what I'm doing here. And I realized this, guys. I was getting my meaning on, on doing, uh, you know, and, and stuff like that. And, and the question is, I said this before and I quoted Shakespeare on this. I said, life is but a walking shadow, a poor player who struts and frets his hour upon the stage and is heard no more. Because you know what? Everybody at these shows always went home. And I always went home by myself. Just nobody really cared. And God pulled me off that cycle and I don't know what was your thing that you guys were pursuing. I don't know. But I'll tell you, you got something probably. Going to something else or someone. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And when it goes away, you're just left with nothing. And again, guys, it's really dangerous if we're getting our meaning for on, on doing or even not doing stuff. If that's what defines us, it's dangerous. Because again, I want to reiterate, it's all temporary. Do what you do with excellence, but don't you dare get your worth or your opinion of self from any one thing or anybody else. Do you understand what I'm saying? Pursue excellence, but don't let it change who you think you are. Okay? Huge stuff here today, guys. Huge stuff. I really want everybody to get this. I want to say, too, don't ever get from your kids what you can only get from God. Remember me showing you these pics? Let's go with Botox Lady. This is so devastating, right, Eric? We talked about this yesterday, bro. Um, lots of folks try to live vicariously through their children and get, get meaning and value and stuff through their kids. It happens, guys. And then you start to see things like this. Next one, please. And here's one of them here. I'm happy I won, but I'm more happy for the McDonald's I get. <laughs> not her idea. I'm not putting down beauty pageants either. Do your thing. France outlawed them because they thought they were cruel. That's a side note. But um, next one, please. It makes me happy when mommy cries. <laughs> <laughs> she said it. I didn't. <laughs> Is that the last one, Brian? And I don't even like dancing. I'm just here because my mom said she'd buy me tacos. <laughs> 
But it could it could be anything, guys. It could be your son's good at baseball. And we talked about this during the man series, but I couldn't miss an opportunity to say this. We can't get value or meaning on whatever anybody else accomplishes either, guys. Um, week four of that man series we talked about, it was called That Man. Um, we talked about promoting, that uh, a man is supposed to be, you know, protect, provide, promote, be the priest, the prophet, or the household. In promoting, which means further the progress of, we can't get our value or meaning on anything that they accomplish either. Okay, we can be proud of our kids. We can be proud of their hard work, proud that they stuck with it and that they're skilled, but be careful it doesn't affect what we think of ourselves or what you think others think of you. Oh yeah, that's Johnny, the star hockey player. He's my son. Do you see what I mean? Here's the problem. I'm not even talking about you. I'm protecting your kids by what I'm saying. They can't handle being your idol. Let me say that again. They can't handle where you get your value either. It'll crush them, right? They'll quit. I can't handle this, dad. You're nice to me when I win on the way home, but when I don't, it's crushing me. And it's teaching me that my value is based on my performance. And then guess what'll happen, guys? And this is what happened to me, Dustin, when I got in the kingdom of God. I thought God was the same way. I had a good day, he loves me. I had a bad day, he doesn't. No. One thing remains, you guys. Let's not teach our kids that. Don't get from anyone else what you can only get from God. These beauty pageant people, ready? Your daughter's pretty? That doesn't mean you're pretty. Sorry, man. Your son won prom king? You didn't. And that's okay. Be free. Be loved. Be who you are. Isn't that nice, dude? You get off the treadmill, though. It's nice. It is. My kids, man. The people ask me, look at the pressure Alex could have. Not that I'm some whatever, but Alex, people ask him, are you going to be a preacher? And Alex is like, all right. <laughs> or they say, are you going to play guitar? Are you going to sing? And you know what my answer is? Whatever he wants to do. I don't care. I want to make him try things because kids can be lazy, right? It's true. And if he tries something, he's going to have to stick with it and all that. But I've got a cello at my house. I'm teaching myself a violin. If he wants to pick those things up, cool. If he doesn't, cool. I'm not going to put that on him. you got to be me. Ooh, speaking of that, you ready? I'm going to give you a little test. And guys, you'll remember this from the summer, but here's a couple hints that things are out of whack. Okay? And you can correct this. God is in the business of restoration. If you're, here's a hint that things are out of whack when it comes to your kids, right? If you pick the activities they do and they don't really have a say in it, you might be promoting out of a lesser motive. This might be dangerous. If your kids don't enjoy what they're doing or how much they have to do it, not that, right? That might be a thing. And I'm not talking about stick with itness. You got to do that. But if you're so busy doing stuff that there's not a lot of time for things like family, church, whatever, stuff that you find is important, you might want to check your motives on that and back off. You might be putting things on your kids that could damage them. Okay? So I'm saying, this is hard, guys. As a parent, this is very hard. We have to walk this out in balance. It's impossible without God. But let's be open and realize we can't go to anybody or anything else to get what we need, what we can only get from God. You know what I'm saying. Let me shift gears and get going here. Literally going to speed up. Follow me. Again, no one can complete you. You are complete only in relationship with God, just like the Trinity. Do you understand that? Our relationship and our ability to have relationship comes out of the fact that God has relationship in and of himself. He wasn't lonely and created us. It didn't happen. Father, Son, Spirit, we're in perfect unity. And in fact, that's how we can be in relationship. How they relate to one another is where the ability for us to be in relationship is. But don't go to anybody else for value or opinion. Don't do it. Even your spouse, it'll destroy them. If you're looking, okay, if you're only pretty when your spouse says you're pretty, there's something wrong. I'm sorry, man. I'm not, I'm not correcting you. I'm helping. And again, nope, God does not correct people. He corrects mindsets and attitudes that hold you back from your best life. Life and life abundantly is this. I'm wonderfully and fearfully made. I'm handsome. I'm handsome at 65. I'm handsome at 25. I'm handsome at 178 pounds, and I'm handsome at 165 pounds. Do you see what I'm trying to say? And if Melanie doesn't have time because we've got two little kids, it's not going to destroy me because I go to him for what he, only he can give me. 
Do we understand we follow me? I know I'm reiterating because some of us are resisting it, and that's okay. We want no, we want to we want to point the finger sometimes. I just told you my story, it was years. Why can't you? Why can't you? Why can't you? And it could basically destroy her, guys. Other people's love and opinions and validations and commitment to you are wonderful additions to your life. But they're just that. And this is this is so not popular, but they're not even necessary. Do you understand that? If you lived your life by your own, you know, and the gift of singleness or something like that, you're gonna be fine. You're fine. You're not gonna just keel over. You're, you've got all you need in Christ Jesus. You don't believe me? Just track the Apostle Paul's life. And guess what? One day it's lights out. And then there's eternity with oneness with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, like we'll never understand. A relationship directly face-to-face -face with God, which we can't even comprehend because we've had nothing like it on earth. Don't go to other people for what you can only get from God. Don't do it. It's all going to pass away, guys. God is right with us here. And here's the thing, too. I'm going to babble a little bit, and then I'll let y'all out, okay? We're, we're rounding a close here. Oh, we'll say it's fourth quarter. Just got to the fourth quarter, okay? <laughs> yeah. You're, you know, I'm babbling because the Packers aren't on until 8.30 today. That's why. I got y'all here. I don't care about your 1 o'clock teams. <laughs> um, here's the thing, guys. We have all we need in our creator, in our creator God. And we've covered this before. He's right with us right now. We're, we're, we're limited to the four dimensions that we occupy. He's right with us right now. He's right with us right now. He's the beginning and the end. He's seen the beginning. He's seen the end. He's everything we need sitting right with us in your living room when you feel alone. You just don't understand it. He's right there with you. It's true. That's all we need, guys. We're going to spend forever and ever with him again. So my advice is don't live your life in a lie. Don't try to get from others what you can only get from God. Let me, um, let me speed this up here. Um, I want to show you something because there's some, some new folks here. Brian, you got a knife on you? It's weird that I don't have one on me. But. Okay, so here we go. Watch. The Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made, right? I'm not making it up. But yes? Okay, okay. But do you want to know what that means? I've shown some of you before, but you do these illustrations to people when you're explaining to them. So me, Anthony Joseph Daniels, despite what anybody else has said, loser, addict, whatever it may be that I've said, they've said about me, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Let me show you what that looks like. Here's making this pencil. Just making it, right? Making a point. This is fearfully and wonderfully made. Ready? With all my attention and precision and all my craftsmanship, I'm fearfully and wonderfully making this. Nice sharp knife. I'm fearfully and wonderfully making this. Do you understand that? With all I have, all my ability, excellence. That's a fearfully and wonderfully made pencil. Lead now. This is just made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by a cra master craftsman. So we go back to validation. We go back to who you are. That's all you need, guys. Just that one thing. Dustin, when he formed you together, it was every little piece and all of his attention. Why do we have this idea that when God created the world, there was an assembly line? Marie, Denise, Gordon. No, that's not it. Do you see what I'm saying? And you've believed in your life that you're broken? You've believed that? What? A guy, here's the thing. He's a master craftsman. He doesn't make junk. Don't turn to him and tell him your junk. Don't do that because it ain't even about you. He only makes excellent things. I'll tell you one last thing. What's, what's something beautiful, Kirk? Uh, the nebula, right? Space. That's cool, right? Grand Canyon's cool. How about certain flowers? They're really beautiful. God would scoff at those things when in compared to you. No, I mean you. You. Not yous. Not y'all. You. Individually, guys. He looks at Denise and says, wildflowers? Forget that. Have you seen this? Have you seen her? It's all, everything else is going to pass away. It's not impressive. It's light spectrums and everything else. It's not, no, but Eric? Wow, says God. 
So don't go to anybody else for what only God can give you guys. And here's the thing too, ready? I'm just throwing wisdom out here today. We're going to shut it down. If you make a good thing an ultimate thing, ultimately it becomes very destructive. If you make a good thing an ultimate thing, ultimately it becomes very destructive. Even your spouse, if you elevate them too high and make them something like a God in your life, they'll destroy you and let you down. Understand? I've done it. Your job, it's a good thing. If you make it ultimate, it'll destroy you. You'll neglect your kids. You'll neglect your wife. It's true. You'll chase it for what? That promotion makes you who you are? Is that true? A good thing needs to stay a good thing. Don't make it an ultimate thing. Don't put your kids as your idol. Don't put your marriage as your idol, anything else. Go to God for what only God can give you. So as we're doing this, the last thing I want to say, and again, I'm not going to pull punches today. This is good. <laughs> okay, so. Um, yeah. You feeling unappreciated. This one nailed me right to the wall. I hesitate to even say this. We all, we all at times feel unappreciated, whether it be in our jobs, at home, with our spouse and all that. But God did this for and to me. At one point, being a stay-at-home dad uh, who shovels, cleans, you know, does the laundry. Well, she actually does a lot of the laundry. Um, cooking, blah, blah, blah. And this and that and this and that. And I got a little self-righteous maybe a little bit around the house. And I said, she doesn't appreciate me, God. And he goes, is that why you're doing those things? Oh, what? He said, examine your prior... With the things you don't feel appreciated for, just literally look at why you're doing them. Are you ready? You want me to teach this out? I will. If you feel unappreciated around the house, and I know I have, you know, doing all this stuff, I used to hound Melanie about it. Show me appreciation. Show me appreciation. Here's what I realized. I'm not doing it to be appreciated. I'm doing it because it's right and it's who I want to be. Right? Do you understand that? I know, I know. I think it's profound. I don't care about y'all. <laughs> When I was picking up the room for the sixth time and doing the thing and, and nobody ever says thank you and, and these kids and anybody relate to that? I see some moms around here. But then I realized I'm picking up the room because I want my kids to have a safe place. I'm spending all this time with them because I want to be the one who raises them. I'm cooking them a meal because I don't want them to eat. My That's why I'm doing it. Appreciation be darned. I'm doing it because it's, it's who I want to be. So if there's a, a lack of appreciation, okay, ready? I get to, to do a job where if I do something good, it's God. If I do something bad, it's AJ. That's being a pastor, guys. God gets all the glory, and I want him to get all the glory, but when something falls, my fault. <laughs> Come on, that's just the life. Good thing I don't do it for appreciation. Also, guys, I don't, you, know, you guys don't share with me. Oh, good message all the time. You don't say anything. But you know what? I don't need you to. If I was going off your validation, I would have quit and been selling cars a year and a half ago. <laughs> it's true. It's true, same with music, you know what I'm saying? We don't do, I don't, when you feel unappreciated, literally go back to your motive. And you're gonna find that your motive is probably a pure one, and you don't actually need the validation. Right? Guys, I just set some people free, man, because you feel unappreciated, and you might be, but that's not why you're doing it. I don't need y'all to say I'm a good dad. I'm doing the best I can, I know I'm doing the best I can. Your approval means nothing to me, because I don't fear you. Right? It's between me and him. And I'll tell you something. When you live like this, and I'm not doing it perfectly, but when you live like this, there's an instantaneous reaction to conviction and to accolades. There's correction. Right? Because I'm not waiting for someone else to define me. I'll know. If I miss the mark according to my own standard, now it's time for me and God to work it out. And it happens daily. But that's living with Christ on the fly, you guys. Right? Don't even let my approval or anybody else's define you. It doesn't matter. 
So, you know, right? Okay, I, I think you guys got that. Galatians 1.10. Do we have that? I have no idea. Let's do it. Am I now trying to win the approval of man or of God? Am I trying to please men? Because if I was still trying to do it, I wouldn't be serving Christ. Serving Christ is the least popular thing on the planet. I could get up here right now and talk about Buddha. I could talk about, oh, Islam, absolutely. You wouldn't be able to say a word against me. But if I talk to you about Jesus Christ and he's the only way to the Father, it's the least popular thing on the planet. So if you want if you want approval of men, give up now. Knock it off. And even in your houses, guys, it's not, a, you be you. You do you. you. When you lay your head down on your pillow, it's not even about the, the, the spouse laying next to you and how they did that day. It's you and him, right? Don't go to anything else for what you can only get from God. Affirmation, you know, all that stuff. Other thing too, guys, security. Your job isn't your security. God provides for you through it. It's not the provider. It's the provision. It's the vessel. If you value and it comes in your security, what happens when you lose it? Blah, blah, blah. So it seems like a basic message. We're going to shut it down. I want to challenge you this week to hold up any strained relationships you have and hold it up to the Lord and say, am I trying to get something from this person that I can only get from God? And it happens all the time. This strange relationship with my son. If it doesn't work out, I feel like a failure. You don't get to say that. I feel like a bad mom. You don't get to say that. This broken relationship behind me doesn't define you. Doesn't do that. Hold it up. And be set free from trying to get from that person or resolution in the relationship. Be set free from that defining you. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. Well, I think we're going to sing Who Am I? We're going to sing a song by Casting Crowns, Who Am I? And it's just going to reiterate exactly what we've talked about. So 